From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. I hope you all had a great weekend. Sean Kelly here with you from our Smoothie King Center studios. And uh, certainly a lot to, a lot of fun to look back upon this weekend. Boy, March Madness was maddening, to say the least. Uh, and so that was a lot of fun. But certainly the back-to-back wins for the Pelicans are a highlight for me. Winning at Atlanta on Friday night and then over the Miami Heat on Saturday. Big, big crowd here at Smoothie King Center. And the Pelicans take care of business. They win by 10, 105-95. Otherwise, uh, we have a lot to talk about today. That busy weekend that we all enjoyed uh, just keeps on going as the Pelicans have three more at home this week. NFL owners meetings uh, kick off in Orlando this week, and uh, we're going to get ready for some golf today. As a matter of fact, we're going to talk to Billy Horschel today of the PGA Tour. He's the defending champion of the 2013 Zurich Classic. That comes your way in April, and we will speak to Billy today about how his life has changed a bit since becoming a winner on the PGA Tour. He'll help us preview the uh, event in April as well. That'll be fun. Uh, and as we mentioned with the NFL owners meetings uh, about to kick off in Orlando, we've sent John DeShazer to Orlando to cover it for NewOrleansSaints.com, and he'll give us a preview of what's on tap at those meetings here today on the Black and Blue Report. And we'll visit with Luke Babbitt, who made his first start as a Pelican in the Pelicans' win over the Heat on Saturday night. We don't know a whole lot about Luke. He's a very, very quiet guy. I think that we'll uh, learn a little bit more today. We'll talk to him about his role in this team and about that win over the Miami Heat. The win over the Miami Heat was the first for the Pelicans in five tries. They lost five straight to the Heat, uh, all of those by 12 or more points. The Pelicans are now 18-11 and 11 against the Eastern Conference. That's the best record for this franchise against the East since 2010-11. Daniel Salerson pointed that out to me this morning. It's also the last time the playoffs were here in New Orleans. Keep that in mind. Only one more game against the Eastern Conference. That's tonight against Brooklyn. So with that, let's remember a little bit of Saturday night and play for you a highlight pack of the Pelicans' win over Miami. Davis against Anderson now. Left of the lane. Davis uses the bounce. Once to his right. Shoots. Got it. He got fouled, but no call. He knocks down the shot anyway, and that's eight for Davis, and he leads all scores. It's 19-15. 2.25 left. In the first half, quickly Beasley at the other end. Pull up jumper wing right's good. And this is the Miami push John warned you about. They've taken an eight-point deficit and cut it to two. It's 38-36 to New Orleans. Evans kicks it to Babbitt. Left corner for three. Pow! Right in the kisser. Timeout Miami. Luke Babbitt in a start here tonight has nine. All three of his makes are threes. And the Pelicans lead by seven. 74-68 Pelicans. With about a minute 16 left in the third. Rivers, top of the arc. 
Dribbles to the right of the Davis screen. Down the right side of the lane. Muscles it up. No dunk follow. Yes, by Davis. Rivers, I don't think, made the wisest decision to shoot against two, maybe three. But Davis cleans it up for him. That's 25 for Anthony Davis. Battier looking, looking. Football throw to the other end. Allen, long two on the left wing. Hit it. Everybody was worried about LeBron in the backcourt. Inbound for the Pelicans, and the quarter comes to an end. Here comes the high middle screen by Alexi. Out to pop behind him is Davis, catching top of the key. Steps to his left, shoots from 19, baked it in and won. Followed by Anderson. I don't believe it. Davis with 27 points will go the line for an old-fashioned and certainly a very sneaky three-point play. Rivers dribble handoff to Evans, angle left. Takes it around the top of the arc. Now right of the key, step back jumper over Ray Allen. Pow! <laughs> Tyreek Evans couldn't hit it in the first half. Now has 14 free fries for 18,000 plus from McDonald's as the Pelicans now lead 100 to 84. A lot of fun back at it tonight. Brooklyn in town. The Nets are hot, hot, hot. They're one of the best teams in the NBA since uh, the turn of the calendar year. They'll be at the Smoothie King Center at 7 o'clock tonight. We'll talk about that in depth today. Again, we'll talk PGA Tour golf and NFL owners meetings as we continue on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. It gets underway here in just a moment with Luke Babbitt. As one Entergy customer to another, I have a tip for you. Download the free Entergy app. If my power goes out, I check the app. The outage maps let me know what's happening and when to expect my lights back on. It also makes it easy to pay my bill and manage my account, all right from my smartphone. Download the app today or visit EntergyApp.com for more information. Giving me control in the palm of my hand, that's the power of people. Entergy. New Orleans Pelicans season ticket holders are with the team at the perfect time. Our season ticket holders continue to enjoy benefits that include the best seat locations, discounts on concessions and merchandise, access to the Zataran season ticket holder pregame party, and much more. You'll want to be with us as we take the team to the next level. Plus, season ticket holders renewing their seats by March 31st will lock in the best price for next season. Call 525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to renew your seats today. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come, uh, some PGA Tour golf uh, today for you. John DeShazer from the NFL Owners Meetings. First, though, Luke Babbitt from the New Orleans Pelicans, who got his first start the other night as a Pelican in the uh, win over the Miami Heat. First of all, Luke, um, how'd that feel to have your name called for the first time as a starter in this city? It felt felt really good, to be honest with you. You know, I was a little bit surprised. coming into the game when they let me know, you know, just because my minutes have been a little bit inconsistent. Um, you know, we're, we're going through a lot of different lineups and whatnot, but uh, once once I got in there and, uh, you know, uh, the jump ball went up, it was just like any other game, obviously. You know, you and I talked after the, the win in Atlanta, and then you played, you started on Saturday, and here you were taking on the biggest of the big guys on the floor. How, how bruised up were you after those last two games? Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, tough physically um, and it was just a quick you know whirlwind process over two days but um, we got two wins you know and a back-to-back against two playoff teams in the east that's something to be proud of something to be happy about and then build on hopefully that's what we're going to do tonight certainly there's some sizzle when you beat a team like the Miami Heat but if you take the back-to-back as a whole 
and the fact that you, you beat two playoff teams from the East, how much does confidence play into all this? It, was, was there confidence going in, or was there confidence gained coming out? I, I think both. I mean, you have to have confidence to win, you know, and as a team, you know, we're, we're just trying to develop that. As a, as a young group, guys that really haven't played together, um, guys that haven't been in the league very long, you know, we're a really young NBA team, so that's one thing that just comes with experience is confidence, and we're going to try to continue to do that the rest of the season. That's going to be the big, important factor. Your role, and for lack of a better word, has been erratic uh, since joining this team, and I don't mean that with a negative connotation, but you'll go... Uh, from not playing a game or two to playing either significant minutes off the bench or even starting like you did the other night. Um, have you been able to find any comfort zone in what you've been here with this team? Yeah, no, it's been, uh, like you said, the minutes have been up and down, but that's just, that comes with the job, man. So I'm not I'm not complaining. Obviously, every player would like to play more, but, um, you know, I support Coach 100% no matter what, and we're, you know, we're trying to win games, and he's trying to mix up lineups. So I'm going to just, whenever, you know, he calls my name, uh, you know, be ready to play and, and not think too much about, um, you know, starting or minutes or whatever. You know, I'm just going to be professional and, and come to play. Is it new for you, or can you compare this to another piece of your career, whether it be overseas, here, college, otherwise? Yeah, no, actually in Portland, uh, my last year, you know, I, I went uh, through a stretch a little bit like this where I was playing a lot, then, you know, um, maybe not playing as much so this isn't anything new and and all NBA players to be honest with you unless you're an all-star or you know a really really great player you're gonna go through stretches where you know you gotta prove yourself you gotta uh, be flexible you gotta come off the bench and and uh, and earn your minutes getting to know you a little bit more we always tease Eric Gordon David Wesley and the guys and I about how quiet he is he came out and said you guys think I'm quiet. Where do you get to know Luke Babbitt a little bit? You've got to be one of the more understated guys I've ever been around. Uh, no, this is, this is a quiet group for sure. we got a lot of uh, you know, quiet but, but humble and just good, hardworking people. I mean, that's, that's the honest truth. You know, um, young guys that aren't real vocal, and um, that's one thing maybe we have to work on on the court a little bit is just being a little bit more vocal. But, you know, just a good, solid group of guys. Um, we got each other's backs. And, and that's, that's a little bit rare in the NBA to see a, an unselfish group of guys like this. Aside from working on your game, what else do you like to work on or what do you like to do when you're away from us? I, I like to watch the Reds beat the Cardinals some. And, <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm a Reds fan. I'm, I'm born in Cincinnati, so uh, I like the, the Reds and the Bengals. All right, Skyline or Gold Star Chili, which one? Uh, Skyline. Oh, very good, very good. Uh, and I guess we should let everybody know that you and I have this ongoing conversation about the Reds and Cardinals, huh? That's, that's true. Yeah, they're probably wondering why I said that. <laughs> yeah. Um, any predictions on the Major League Baseball season? Can the Reds actually show in the Central Division this year? Can they show? Uh, you know, it's a good division. I mean, the Pirates are, are getting better, and, um, you know, the Cardinals have obviously had a lot of success, so. It'll be tough, but I think I think we have the good pitching this year. If Chapman's healthy, you know he just got hurt. Uh, it'll be it'll be a good race. Keep playing well. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. Thank you. Luke Babbitt with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue. John DeShazer joins us right after this. Every year, people whose statistics say would die from a serious health problem come to Auctioner and live. To us, nothing proves quality more than saving a life no one else could. In fact, on average, statistics say patients who come here are more likely to survive than at other hospitals in the state. Incredible outcomes aren't just happening at one hospital either. Seven of the top hospitals in the state for survival rates are Auctioner. 
We're also Louisiana's only hospital ranked by U.S. News and World Report in eight different specialties and number one in the country by Care Checks for liver transplant. It's no wonder people from all over the world come here. A higher quality of care, one more reason to choose auctioner. And with hospitals and health centers all over the region, connecting is as easy as finding the auctioner name. Learn more about why quality matters at auctionerquality.org. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Welcome back here to the Black and Blue Report. Coming to you today from our Smoothie King Center studios. Pelicans and Nets tonight, but also this week, NFL uh, doings out in Orlando. The NFL owners meetings are this week. And, of course, our own Sean DeShazer will be there. He'll be traveling out to do some coverage for NewOrleansSaints.com. Good morning, J.D. Going on, big dog. Hey, uh, um, first of all, a quick thought: the, the win on Saturday against the Miami Heat, as you call the game with me on the radio, um, I still feel good about that ball game. A lot of times, I can put that behind me, win or lose, but this one's been fun to hang on to for a little bit. Well, you know, it's not often. You know, first, you know, the Bills hadn't had a lot of success against Miami, so you know, you got to kind of bask in it when you beat, you know, the, the, the two-time defending champs. And I don't care if they're wounded or not, because what team has been more wounded? Than, than New Orleans, so yeah, it felt it felt good to, to to watch them play that way, and not just play that way, but watch them, you know, take a lead and hold on to it and expand it down the stretch. Because you know, let's be frank here, we hadn't seen a whole lot of that out of Bell this season. We've seen them, uh, you know, not have some good fortune in the fourth quarters, and especially against winning teams, you know, hadn't done you know very well and been very successful. But to see them put up that kind of closing kick against Miami when you know, LeBron James was, you know, obviously into it because he was kicked off after the game. And to see Chris Bosh into it because he was kicked off after the game. And to see Miami, you know, for what they had, kind of throw their best punch and the Pels not only be able to take it, but to repel it and turn around and, and, and answer with a counterpunch. You know, man, that was good to see. You hope that, you know, those guys gained a lot of confidence out of it because I think that's a lot of what finishing games a lot is confidence. You know, you do it. And you learn how to do it, and you get more comfortable with it. And certainly, you know, watching Anthony Davis blossom has just been one of the most fun things we've seen this season, man. No doubt. Hope it continues tonight. Put your NFL hat on for me, will you, J.D., since you're going to catch a plane today and head over to Orlando. It seems to me that the biggest item at the owners' meetings this week is a laundry list of proposed rules changes. Is that correct? That's pretty much it. I mean, that's what this NFL owners meeting is about. And, you know, in May, the major thing is going to be, you know, announcing the awarding of a future Super Bowl where New Orleans is in contention. But this one is about, you know, potential changes to rules and bylaws. And most significantly is, you know, I think the main one is pushing the kick, pushing the uh, PAT, potentially pushing it back to the 25-yard line, which will essentially make it like a 42-yard uh, PAT attempt. Because uh, I think last year's success rate was, you know, above 99%. I think they said, uh, I think the numbers were 1,267 PATs attempted last season, only five missed, and four of those were blocked. So only one just outright missed. And they want to make it into a more competitive play. So if the percentage is knocked down to about 90%, you know, that's still a high percentage, but it might entice teams to go for two more because you'll still be able to go for two from the two-yard line. And you, they might feel like it's, it's more advantageous to go for two from the two than it is to kick a 42-yard PAT. So they want to make it a little bit more competitive play. 
and uh, so it might bring a little bit more action into the game. Let me throw – first of all, do you think it'll pass? I don't know. I think it will, actually. It seems, really seems like the only guys who are really kind of kicking up about it are kickers, and I understand because, you know, it kind of puts their job on the line. Now, all of a sudden, instead of having, you know, 44 out of 44 PATs, maybe now it's 38 out of 44. The teams start looking at you a little bit differently. And, and, again, you know, but maybe it makes it a little bit more competitive from the standpoint of, you know, teams are lining up going for two because now it'll pay – you know, just as easily to go for two on conse- after consecutive touchdowns as it will to try to kick two PATs because getting two one time will still give you that 14 points as opposed to kicking two PATs. So I, I think it's got a reasonable chance, to be honest with you. Um, like I said, the guys who I've seen, you know, kick up the most significant dust about it are kickers, and certainly I understand why. But, um, you know, now from this standpoint, I, I will say this. From a coaching standpoint, you might not necessarily want to do it because it's another play where you got to snap and you got to put your quarterback in harm's way and put your skill position guys in harm's way and, and ask your line to block. So from that standpoint, maybe, you know, coaches might not be all that crazy about it, but I hadn't heard a whole lot of opposition to it. A couple other things out there on the table. One also doing with the kicking game, raising the crossbar on the uprights five feet. Um, also on the table, video review of all personal fouls. Um, and do any of those things have legs, and, and what else is out there that you think possibly could impact this come August? Well, the crossbar, you know, proposed you might be able to guess from New England because I think they, you know, they felt like they got job on a, on a, on a field goal attempt uh, last season, I believe it was, where they said, you know, a possible extension of the crossbar of the uprights might have given them a better look at whether or not it was successful or not. Uh, that might actually gain some traction. I, I, I could see that being a, a type of deal that could pass because, you know, that's just basically extending the upright, and that gives you a better visual aid as to whether or not uh, a kick passed through or not. Um, and in terms of the other ones, I can see a little bit more expanded replay. They are talking about uh, actually adding cameras uh, so that you won't just have the network cameras, but you'll have other cameras in addition to those so you can get a better a better replay view. I could see maybe that gaining a little bit of traction. And, uh, and I, you know, there's something else they were talking about. They were talking about eliminating uh, something. It's kind of minor, eliminating overtime periods in, in, in preseason, which I could, you know, I could certainly not only would I vote for, but uh, I could see that one gaining traction because, again, they said they're saying it's a safety issue, and it is. You're talking about, you know, having extra snaps in preseason games that, you know, that are tied at the end of regulation. And, I mean, Coaches pretty much already have a pretty good evaluation process by then. Now, also, there was something about eliminating the cut down from, you know, to 75, just going directly from the big cut all the way down to 53. Who knows how that's going to go. But, you know, there's some, you know, just kind of minor laundry list kind of items that, you know, some of them are probably not really huge enough to, to gain, you know, a whole lot of, national recognition that might just get passed. And, and there'll be some things that are kind of under the radar that won't really significantly make a, significantly make a whole lot of difference. But, yeah, I could see the, I could see the upright being extended, and I could see the elimination of, of preseason overtime and, and, and some other things in there. Okay. Uh, John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Uh, J.D., what else? I know there's a couple other ancillary things, uh, maybe involving Sean Payton, that you'll be have your, um, your work uh, toward this week. Well, he'll he'll speak uh, to the media on Wednesday morning, and and uh, you know, Coach Payton didn't speak at the uh, at well, he only spoke to, spoke to uh, NewOrleansSaints.com at the combine, and generally, 
you know, for the most part, this will be an opportunity for us to speak to, you know, hopefully Coach Payton as well as, you know, potentially uh, owner Tom Benson, uh, owner Rita Benson LeBlanc, uh, general manager Mickey Loomis. And so, you know, this will be a collection of all those guys in the same place. So we might get some, some interviews, hopefully, for Black and Blue Report as well as for NewOrleansSaints.com. But for the most part, you know, he'll probably just talk about, you know, what the Saints have, you know, probably done in free agency, you know, with the signing of Jarris Bird and, and what they're hope, hope, hopeful to uh, attain through the rest of free agency and the draft and those kinds of things. But, you know, again, these are, you know, the, these are basically us rules changes and bylaw changes so you know he'll probably be asked questions about those kind of things all right will you keep us updated all the week please i'll do the best i can and you know i won't be having anything with any umbrellas and any drinks because i actually got <laughs> work to do so fair enough fair enough all right coverage on neworleansaints.com of course uh video and written word and uh continuing coverage here on the black and blue report as well john uh safe travels to you we'll see you when you get back thank you sir John DeShazer with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We're going to talk a little PGA Tour golf next. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Back here on the Black and Blue Report, as I mentioned, and as promised, we talk a little golf today. I know the weather's not great today in New Orleans, but uh, we're getting closer and closer to some really great golf weather. Uh, our next guest here is uh, very familiar with these parts. Your name, Billy Horschel, should ring true with those who follow the Zurich Classic. The defending champ will be back here in April to defend your uh, title. Uh, congratulations again on a great year last year, Billy. And um, uh, I do have to ask and maybe start here by saying, are you somewhat distracted by the Gators in the NCAA basketball tournament right now? Um, yeah, you know, obviously uh, I'm a big Gator fan. Uh, I went to school there. And, um, you know, they've had a great season. And, you know, obviously we have a good chance to win win the, the NCAA championship for a third time. So, uh, yeah, my, I'm keeping a close eye on that right now. A third time? but you, you, not, not that you studied up on this or anything, huh? No, exactly. Not that I've studied up. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. Most of the guys that I know or have talked to, uh, professional golfers, more so than any other sport, Billy, they are very keenly aware of what's going on in other sports, whether it be collegiately or their favorite NFL team or NBA team. Do you fall into that category yourself? I do. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big sports lover. I, I love watching you know, all types of sports. Uh, I follow, you know, basketball, football, college football, baseball. Um, you know, I watch tennis and soccer. You know, I just think it's uh, the reason 
golfers are so know so much about other sports or so uh, watch so many other sports because we grew up playing other sports, um, all these other sports, and now we just play uh, a golf where, you know, maybe you just play football or you just play basketball. You know, that's the main sport you focus on and you don't know much about, you know, golf or any other, any other type of uh, sports going on. It's interesting how galleries have changed uh, over the course of the years in the PGA Tour. Now you go to an event and there's video boards all over the place and everything else. Billy, what's one thing that you would love to see from these other sports that you love come into play with regard to the PGA Tour or a weekend event? Uh, you know, um, the, the one thing that comes to the top of my mind is I'm a baseball is my second love. I love baseball. Uh, I would love, you know, maybe on Sunday having like a, a little – theme music on the first tee as, as they announce uh, players before they tee off. You know, everyone would have the song that they, their sort of walkout song that they would have right before they would tee us off. I think that would be a, a pretty cool thing uh, right before the round gets started. So if if uh, if perhaps in April we started this at the Zurich Classic and you were announced as, you know, from Grant, Florida, winner of the 2013 Zurich Classic, Billy Horschel, what would be the music that you'd want to walk out to? Man, there's two songs that come to my mind right now. Um, I don't know why. One of them, uh, "Simple Man" by Leonard Skinner. Um, yeah, I think it's by Leonard Skinner. Um, it's a song that I just, I just, I love. I love that song. And there's a, a song, another song out, some a little newer. Um, a group called Lordy. Uh, it's an alternative rock band, and it's be um, the new song is uh, like tennis court exclusive. So. Um, some people may know one of them, or some people may know both the songs. I think you've covered uh, two ends of the spectrum there, don't you think, on, on both of those songs? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm very diverse in, in the music I listen to. Uh, I listen to a lot of classic rock because my parents, I'm a big alternative rock fan, and uh, my wife loves country, so I'm a little bit of uh, everything. Um, you you are kind of an interesting character. I, you know, I told a buddy of mine over the weekend, hey, I'm interviewing Billy Horschel. On Monday, and he said, "Oh, the first, this is the first thing out of his mouth. Ask him where he gets his pants. <laughs> that which which kind of you know coming from a, a guy, a buddy, that seemed seemed a little weird at first. But then I remember that you've got you've got some interesting ones out there. Where 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 are those coming from? Yeah, my sponsor uh, Ralph Warren. Uh, I wear their their uh, more modern brand RLX, and uh, they uh, they come to me when they want." You know, a certain pair of pants that may be a little loud for, you know, some other guys may not want to wear. And, um, you know, I, I like to uh, keep my sponsors happy, and uh, I love them. You know, it's, it's fun. I like having fun on the golf course. I like, um, you know, I like to bring attention when I'm playing well. I don't want just attention because of what I wear. But, uh, you know, just wearing something that's different and gets uh, people looking at you and talking about you is just uh, something I don't mind at all. So, so it's a nice thing to wear some crazy pants and, and uh, have fun out there in the golf course. Billy, what percentage of PGA Tour players are able to pick out their own, I guess, for lack of a better word, outfits on a given day during a weekend, and how many have that chosen for them? You know, I think everyone, um, for the most part, everyone picks out their outfits um, every day. Um, but during majors, uh, some of the bigger brands and some of the bigger players have their outfits scripted for them. Uh, for the most part, so that guys don't wear the same thing um, during the majors, and also they want it, the the sponsors they want to make sure they're getting the looks that they want their 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 players to wear that week. 
So Ralph Warren um, scripts all the polo golf and all the RLX players that week, and they do a great job uh, of doing it. Billy Horschel with us here on the Black and Blue Report. It's almost been a year now, Billy, since you won the Zurich Classic in New Orleans. How has your life changed personally and maybe even perhaps as a golfer since now being regarded as a PGA Tour winner? You know, I don't think my life's changed um, that much. I feel like I'm still the same person. Um, still got my, my same same roots that I came from. You know, the only thing that's changed now is that uh, I'm in a little bit more, I'm in a little better financial position that I can, can take care of my parents and take care of uh, my brothers. You know, whenever they need something, I'm able to, to help them out. Um, I still just want to be the same same Billy Horschel that I grew up in Grant, small town. You know, parents didn't have a lot of money. We just uh, worked hard, and, and um, you know, whatever came, came. Are you the guy you are because you had to go through Q school on a number of different occasions? Yeah. I mean, I think, um, you know, I may have a little bit different perspective if I just got out here and, and didn't have to struggle right away. Um, but, uh, you know, you're not always able to just breeze through life or your job or anything easily. You're always going to have a little struggle. And, and I think, you know, that makes you a better person when you have to work harder for something and and it takes a little while to finally see the, the end result. And, and that end result was of finally getting a win on PJ Tour last year. Billy Horschel, if, if somebody were to say, hey, Billy, I'm thinking about doing the Zurich Classic in April. I'm on the fence. This is a fellow PGA Tour player. Uh, what would you tell them about coming here to New Orleans to play that time of year in that course? You know, I, I, I truly do love uh, the Zurich Classic. I think um, it's one of the best terms out here all year. I think you know, one of the big things out on tour is the food that is provided for us for breakfast and lunch um, in the week. And obviously, New Orleans being one of the greatest, uh, you know, culinary spots, there's going to be great food no matter what. The fans are unbelievable. You guys get a great turnout, um, especially if you're an SEC guy. You know, it doesn't matter if you're a Florida Gator, Georgia Bulldog, an LSU Tiger, Alabama Crimson Tide. You know, they just love SEC people here. Um you know, and, this, and then just the city itself. I think it's such a such a great city. So many things to do, um, so many different types of foods to eat, uh, so many activities involved. I mean, I, I honestly love it. And I think it's the um, same year. It's always doing music festival. So you got the Jazz Fest. you got so many other bands coming in. So there's so many things going on that one week during the Zero Class. And I think it's a great term to come to. And you know, if I could sell somebody on, on playing as their classic, uh, that'd be awesome. No doubt, no doubt. Hey, Billy, I know we're getting, we're running short on time here, but real quick, should should tournaments like, whether it be the San Antonio this weekend, New Orleans in April, do you, would you like to see those stay as tournaments that, that find breakthrough opportunities for guys like yourself? Or does every tournament have to have more star power to it? Do you know what I'm getting at here? Yeah, yeah. You know, I was asked that question, and it sort of relates to the question I was asked the other day about uh, does the PJ Tour need like a Phil Mickelson or a Tiger Woods, you know, a dominant player um, out on tour? And I and I answered the question. I said I think the game's bigger than that now. I think there's so many great young players, so many great players that are coming up that you don't need that dominant player. Sure, you would like to have that dominant player that is always winning and and is you know the talk of the tour. 24-7, but, you know, when you look at uh, San Antonio and you look at Zurich, I think it's, it's a great opportunity for guys to, to get their first win or guys that you haven't heard about 
to win and you learn more about them because I think that just makes the game, you know, grow at, in a bigger way. You know, more people are are learning, like I said, about younger guys and just brings more um, excitement to a tour, in my opinion. Absolutely. Hey, before I let you go, how are you hitting them, by the way? I'm actually doing very well. I'm, I, my results haven't uh, been the way I've liked them, but uh, like I said, I, I feel like my game is very close. Um, I'm, I'm close to playing some good golf. I just need to clean up a couple of my um, my silly mistakes up there on the golf course and manage my golf ball a little bit better. Um, but I feel like I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to start another good stretch and uh, hopefully, it, I mean, uh, win a couple events and I can defend this title here at the end of April. That'd be a lot of fun. It'll be here before you know it. April the 24th is the Thursday of that week, and uh, you're a very gracious guest today. I can't wait to see you back here in New Orleans, Billy. Best of luck to you, and uh, thanks for helping us spread the word about the Zurich Classic. Awesome. Thanks, Sean. You bet. Billy Herschel, the defending Zurich Classic champ on the PGA Tour. He is out and about today, and we'll be back with us in April. And we'll be back on the Black and Blue Report right after this. Check out all-star Anthony Davis and the Pelicans at the Smoothie King Center as we host some of the NBA's most exciting teams during this March homestand. Come see one of the hottest teams in the East as the Brooklyn Nets visit on Monday, March 24th, followed by the L.A. Clippers on Wednesday, the 26th, and the Utah Jazz on Friday, March 28th. Tickets are available for these all-star packed games for as low as $11. So call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get your seats today. I'm Pelicans forward Jason Smith. Every day, one in six Louisiana households are at risk of hunger. I'm attorney Morris Spark, and every day, Second Harvest Food Bank helps thousands of our local neighbors in need. That's why I'm teaming up with the New Orleans Pelicans to ask you to join us in the fight against hunger. Text the word Pelicans to 80088 to join the Second Harvest family, and you will also have a chance to win autographed Pelicans gear, floor seats to a game, and much more. Join us, because together, we can solve hunger. Does your boss know you're listening? If not, turn it up louder. This is the Black and Blue Report. About to wrap things up here on the Black and Blue Report for this Monday. Um, I don't know Eric Gordon's status for tonight's game. Uh, I had just gotten a text and an email about that. I do not know uh, where Eric stands with that knee. And uh, I'll ask Coach certainly uh, before our broadcast tonight on the Pelicans Radio Network. We may see a, you know, a, a different starting lineup than what we saw on Saturday. Uh, keep that in mind as well as Brooklyn's uh, lineup presents some different challenges, most notably with size uh, tonight. The other thing to keep in mind as you're watching the Pelicans and the Nets tonight, much like Miami the other night, Brooklyn has become very good at taking the ball away and are near the top of the league in points off turnovers. So some of the some of the characteristics of Saturday night's game or some of the things that the Pelicans were able to do in beating Miami must be repeated tonight. Also keep this in mind. For a Pelicans team that has struggled in the fourth quarter, struggled closing out games, the shooting percentage in the last two fourth quarters, both wins for the Pelicans, is north of 60%. I think 63% against the Hawks and maybe even 75% against the Heat in fourth quarter action both on Friday and Saturday night. That'll be a lot of fun to see if they can keep that going tonight. We'll also look to see if Anthony Davis can keep it going. He's had three straight 30-10 games, eight straight games now with 28-plus points in each. Uh, Both of those are franchise records. They belong to him, and he'll look to grow them as he gets set to take on a Nets team that really didn't treat the Pelicans very well 
back in New York earlier this season. Anxious for that 7 o'clock tip-off tonight. There is coverage on television as well. Fox Sports New Orleans will have it, starting with their pregame show at 6.30, anchored by Jennifer Hale. Then Joel and David have the call again on television tonight. NewOrleansSaints.com is your place to get the coverage you need regarding the Saints at the NFL owners' meetings. John DeShazer is en route to Orlando right now and will begin uh, with both feet uh, rolling starting tomorrow. Uh, I think the AFC coaches speak tomorrow. I think the NFC coaches speak on Wednesday. John will be for all, there for all that. And, of course, any news regarding uh, rule changes. We kind of talked about that earlier in today's show. Have a great rest of your Monday. Tomorrow on the program we'll recap what we hope is a Pelicans win over the Nets tonight. We'll also talk with J.D. live from Orlando tomorrow. And, as we always say, you never know who else might stop by. For Daniel Sowerson, our producer, I'm Sean Kelly. Here from the Smoothie King Center Studios, we say so long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.